0: Okay, so you're, you're telling me like I have unlimited vacation, but the amount of vacation I really get is completely dependent on my manager and my team? Is yeah, there- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Please Fix Things, a podcast where
1: we analyze and reflect on the bizarre trends surrounding young adults today. Hi, I'm Raj Parekh. And I'm Sanchit Wathawan. And we're just two young professionals who sleep in, don't diet, Don't have a side hustle, and don't have travel recommendations for you. And we're
0: doing totally okay. If you're like us and you feel drained by the fads, norms, and ideas defining our culture today, come join us as we try to make sense of the forces taking a toll on our well being and give our take on how to fix them.
1: Welcome to our fifth episode of Please Fix Things. To give you a quick rundown of how this podcast works, we're going to be starting it off with an email to set the context, followed by a quick response to elaborate a little bit more into its root causes and give you a taste of what the solutions might look like. After that, we'll dive straight into a discussion and the rest will follow from there. Without further ado, I'll pass it off to my co-host, Sanchit, to kick us off.
0: Dear Raj, why is it so hard to take time off now? What happened to our ability to take vacation? There are too many social stigmas preventing people from taking personal days off, resulting in us actually taking less time off than we used to 40 years ago. We all need more time off work, and I frankly could use a break. Please fix, thanks. With regards, Sanjith. Dear Sanjith, most Americans today, myself
1: included, do not use all of their vacation days every year. We as a nation are working more and taking less time off than we were 40 years ago. There are too many social norms preventing people from taking personal days off. There's also a stigma around taking time off as if that makes you a less dedicated worker or something. PTO or paid time off is a part of total compensation. And by not taking it, you're leaving benefits which you're entitled to on the table in our professional world, we're living through an interesting point of time where can work and longer working hours are looked at as signs of quote-unquote growth and quote-unquote best path to promotion. Numerous studies have shown that taking less time off from work can often lead to a state of emotional exhaustion and demotivation. Continue taking little to no breaks for a few months or a few years and we all hit a point that is often talked about in mental health seminars but given very little attention in the office burnout. It is the all too familiar experience of feeling fatigue or feeling unable to meet deadlines and goals or feeling a lack of fulfillment or accomplishment from our jobs all at the same time. We as a country need to take more time off and we need practical solutions for how we can encourage our society to take more PTO because whatever has been happening for the past few decades has moved us in the wrong direction.
0: Yeah, Raj, I could not agree more. Um, I think it's one thing to say, too, is that here in the U.S., we are significantly worse about taking PTO than other nations that are, you know, similarly developed as us. The U.S. is one of the few uh, nations on Earth, actually, that still to this point has no minimum PTO requirements and we only Mm -hmm. get 10 public holidays. So Mm -hmm. the amount of PTO you have to begin with or pay time off is completely, you know, up to your employer. Right. But it's very interesting to
1: note that in this hunt for being a more productive worker, quote unquote, and having more output for our organizations, we've just completely forgotten that PTO is still on the table.
0: Oh, I mean, definitely. I think when you're taking a job, right, and you have the option between a job that gives you, you know, 15 days uh, off every year or 20 days of paid leave every year, the 20-day option is obviously better. But really, like we're seeing a, a new trend now, or even if you get more days off, people aren't getting a chance to take all of them. Like, what's that about?
1: We can break this down in terms of differences that we're seeing in accrual policies, right? That could be one. Uh, another component could be differences in terms of how it's enforced, yeah, right? right? On a team by team or uh, locality or state by state basis. Um, And it's interesting because we as a country, right? Our economy was driven by consumer spending and it to a large extent very much is. And people used to take more days off to spend more, which benefited our economy and our country. And, you know, taking less days off has never really helped anyone, right? Not your mental health and not the country.
0: Yeah, well, definitely. I think, you know, from a company standpoint, you probably want your employees to take less time off and work more, right? Because that's more profitable and you do better. But I think there's also something to be said for the idea that like, you know, if we get more days off, if we're able to take more vacations, that's going to boost our economy by, you know, driving up consumer spending, right? If we take more Mm -hmm. vacations, if we take, you know, more trips, or if we even use our free time to just buy more stuff to enjoy for ourselves, right? Like something like 70% of our GDP is driven by consumer spending and we're a service industry, right? Like we got to have the time to actually use the services that keeps our economy humming.
1: Uh, I can uh, definitely talk about the differences across companies that I think could be a part of the problem, right? So uh, think about, you know, our firms, uh, the firm that we work for and, you know, competitive firms, uh, we have uh, a couple of different methods, right? One is if you didn't use up some of your PTO days, right, they don't roll over. Um, you know, another one could be they do roll over, but only a certain amount roll over, right? For example, like up to five days, roll over up to 10, so on and so forth. Or you could also have something that says, okay, it's okay if you use all of your PTO days and you still need some more. For example, for an unforeseen emergency or something like that, you could just go negative on your PTO and that, you know, you can cover up for that negative PTO the next year by accruing those days back. So there there are, you know, different ways that it's been implemented across companies, but I feel like what's not been talked about is how to put that at the forefront of the conversation because this is something that's usually in the back room.
0: Oh, option. yeah. And, and I agree. And I would say like most, most firms are doing a decent job of, you know, giving people days off, right? Obviously, like some companies and some employers are a little bit stingier about giving PTO to people at various levels within their firms than others. But I I feel like the problem isn't so much people don't have the days off as much as it is people aren't getting an opportunity to use them as much, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's not just that we're getting fewer days off than we used to. um, We're actually taking fewer days off. I think the statistic is like back in the 80s, we used to on average take like 20 days off every year as a country. And now it's somewhere around 16 days off, Mm -hmm. if I'm correct, right? So the idea is like, why are we seeing, you know, across the last four decades? Like, why have we essentially taken off on average like one week less every year right and and it's not I don't think it's because we actually only get you know fewer days to take off I think it's a lot of us are burning PTO because we're not getting an opportunity to take them in the first place
1: and if we start to think about why Is it the case that we're not getting more opportunities, right? One thing that stands out is definitely workplace optics, right? The idea that, oh, you know, if you are the one that shows up consistently and, you know, all your manager, your coworker, everyone's taking a vacation but you and you're cranking out 12 hours a day. Oh, that's the best path to get promoted. And we've also glorified that in a lot of weird ways.
0: Yeah, def- no, definitely. Right. Like I remember when I first started working, everyone told me like, Oh, it pays to be the first guy in and the last mm-hmm. guy out every day, which like, I agree, does look good. But then at least this like slippery slope, because like, not everybody can be the first guy. in, even if they're trying to and not everybody can be the last guy out, even if they're trying to take that advice, right. So it's like this idea of okay, if you know, my boss is staying until six, then I'm gonna stay until 630. If my boss is staying until seven, I'm gonna stay until like 730. And it just gets on and on. And across the years, I think we work longer hours. And I think we also take fewer days off, right? Because you know, I think we're all like kind of afraid to say like, hey, I want to just take a day or two off on a regular basis. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe you put in and say, hey, I want to take like one or two vacations a year. But a lot of companies have, you know, an approval process for PTO where, you know, oh, you yeah. have to get your boss to approve your PTO, or you have to get your manager or somebody else within your firm. And that can be a very daunting thing for some people to go through. And then there can also be managers who don't approve nearly enough PTO for their employees because they feel like their employees need to work more for productivity or various metrics.
1: Right. And if you happen to be a little bit less fortunate to work under, you know, a little bit more stricter manager, there's so many factors that they can throw at you to really reject your approval process for PTO, right? They could say, oh, we have this major deadline coming up, or we have this release and you have to work longer hours, right? Or oh, you know, you you have to fix, you know, two more rounds of you know defects for the sprint cycle or something. Right. So there are a lot of these small things that build up that, you know, make you wonder, okay, maybe I cannot take PTO now maybe I can take it in two months. You know, sometimes they ask us to apply and, you know, get our PTOs approved months in advance. But if you think about it, most of these are possibly planned just a couple of weeks out, if not a couple of days out.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, it's hard to plan. Like, I don't know where I'm going to be in two months, right? Even, you know, pandemic aside, right? Like who, not everybody can necessarily plan or coordinate vacations as far in advance as, you know, employers might like. So Mm -hmm. I, I think a real issue, right, is... I guess in theory, we've gotten to this place where it looks better for us to show that we work more. But if you think about it, there aren't really any metrics that accurately track how efficiently we are producing, right? Like I can easily measure, hey, t- today Raj worked 11 hours, but I can't accurately measure, hey, what was his output in 11 hours? And could he have done his output in seven hours instead?
1: Right. There are very few industries that I can think about that you would have such objective measures, right, to track efficiency. Uh, You know, most of them would be, let's say, for example, like software engineering, where you would say, okay, these are the three tasks, right, that you need to go and, and, and complete by today, if you do 100 points, right, and so on and so forth. It's not as black and white as we had in school, per se, right? Like we had assignment, you had 25 questions, you do it, you're done early, you can go home, right? Like there's... There is no black and white sort of, there's there's always a gray area, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and, I, and I don't think it's any accident either that software engineering is a field where you do see, you know, a lot of big tech companies giving their workers 35 hour work weeks or generous PTO packages, you know, because it is easier to measure actual output.
1: All right. So let's talk about these policies, right? Let's talk about all these, you know, new things that we're seeing in this pay time off world per se. One big thing that comes to mind is unlimited vacationing, right? Really, this idea was pioneered by the tech firms. Uh, I think Twitter, LinkedIn, most of the bigger you know tech firms, I think Facebook, Google too, uh, and now most in you know, a very nice little recent case, uh, EY, has come up with the idea that you could take unlimited number of days off, which sounds perfect in theory, but research has shown over the course of the last few years that, you know, companies that have implemented that policy, their employees are taking on average, I think 30 or 40% uh, less number of days off than they would have in, in just a regular policy scenario.
0: Yeah. And and I think it's interesting that you mentioned that this really started with a lot of tech companies, because I know California has one of the more generous, like how you should take PTO rules mm-hmm, relative mm-hmm. to other states, right? Because I think California has some rules where like companies can't let accrued PTO expire, yeah. Um. and stuff. So I think this was kind of a way for a lot of those tech companies out in Silicon Valley to try to get around that. But ultimately, yeah, unlimited vacation saves the company money because when you accrue PTO, if you leave early, then like, you know, your company owes you that money in time, right? Like if I, uh-huh. you know, say I get paid like, you know, $500 a day and I have 10 days left of accrued PTO and I leave the company, then that company owes me $5,000 on top of whatever my last paycheck is for the right. accrued time off. So a lot of companies now with unlimited vacation, basically it's like saying you have no vacation. And so they don't actually have to give you um, money when you leave. So it's, it's a way to save money. The other way it is to save, right? If I work for a company today and that company gives me 20 days off every year, that in my mind, right, I have to take 20 days off in a year. In my manager's mind, they know that I'm going to take 20 days off this year because that's <laughs> the expectation. Uh-huh. So then I can work with my manager to say, hey, I'm on average going to take off one to two days uh, uh, per month, right, of PTO. Like when might be a good day to do it. And we think about that actively throughout the course of the year. Whereas with unlimited vacation, right, there's no pressure from the company to make sure that I'm taking enough days off because there's no sort of target for me to hit. And like for me as an employee, I don't even know what's an acceptable amount of vacation to take, right? If I just joined a company that has unlimited vacation, is 15 the average? Is 10 normal? Can I take 30 days off every year? The first time I read unlimited vacation, my initial thought was I would never work a single Friday in my life if I worked at a company right. that had unlimited vacation.
1: So, so that's pretty interesting, right? Like, so what we're experiencing here is we're falling for the marketing scam that these companies want us to fall for. So let's let me play the devil's advocate, right? Let me play this nice little recruiter trying to recruit you for a company, you know, XYZ tech firm that has unlimited vacationing. All right. How about that? And you're like this nice little innocent employee who just realized what this means.
0: Yeah. And like, I'm a good faith employee. Who's like, who thinks this sounds good. All right, like right. Uh-huh. Let's talk about So, what's it.
1: your first question.
0: How many days off do you expect me to take if you're giving me unlimited vacation?
1: Yeah, Sanjit, you know, it really depends on your project and, you know, the deadlines and you know, the timelines I have to meet. I really encourage you to talk to your manager. You know, we've seen that some employees really, you know, make sure to take a couple of Fridays off here and there throughout the year and, you know, or doing, you know, great Christmas times or Thanksgiving. Apart from that, you know, it really depends on your project and some employees wait until next year to do that. So since you're so new, we would expect you that you would, you know, be here and show up every day.
0: Okay. But like, if I have unlimited, you know, vacation, like say I want to go visit my grandparents in India, like, could I just take 30 days off consecutively in, you know, the middle of the summer to go do that?
1: Right, Sanjit. So, you know, just so you know about our policies about performance evaluation, you know, every time you do happen to take one of these days off, you know, you get a negative X percent per se on your utilization score. So you might want to keep that in mind. You know, as you know, every new analyst has a utilization target of 90 percent and you want to make sure you're hitting that.
0: Okay. So you're you're telling me like I have unlimited vacation, but the amount of vacation I really get is completely dependent on my manager and my team. Is there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned there's a metric for me to say how much I'm working in utilization. Is there also a metric to track, you know, how much PTO I'm taking to incentivize me to take PTO regularly or ever?
1: Yeah, such a, that's a great point. So, you know, definitely understand that we're all here for you. And, you know, this company really prioritizes the mental health and, and your well-being, right? We want to put your well-being first. Um, and, you know, we have put systems in place that, you know, managers can take advantage of to make sure that you're getting the time off that you need.
0: Mm-hmm. So when you say systems in place, what are you really getting at?
1: <laughs> I don't know such a direct right? Recruiter does. Because
0: it's, <laughs> um, it's, it's the whole thing yeah. where it's like, We've we'll faced this. How are we? We really have with our own. Uh, oh, for sure. Because every, I've, I've talked to so many companies who are like, oh, you get unlimited time off. And it's really big with, <laughs> it's really big with startups too. But ultimately it's like, if nobody's incentivized to take PTO and, you know, you're incentivized to work more through other performance metrics um and it's completely dependent upon your managers how much PTO you you can actually take or what's considered abusing PTO then it's going to drive a lot of people who are you know afraid to look bad in the workplace to Take PTO significantly less than they otherwise would have.
1: Exactly. And, wh- and you know, one of my, you know, final biggest concerns about these policies are typically in unlimited vacation environment, we're not really prioritizing the sick leave days anymore, right? Or the pa- parental leaves or anything like that. Now it's just like, oh, you know, oh, you want sick leave? Oh, it's part of your unlimited vacationing. If you want some other kind of leave, it's part of your unlimited vacation. But it's not really vacation if one of my close family members passed away and I have to go attend his or her funeral, right? So there's no differentiation anymore. I feel like everything's being put into the same
0: bucket. Which can be a good or bad thing, right? Right. Like, you know, some companies, it's like, all right, you get 10 sick days, but it's like, all right, like what if I, you know, caught some you know, ridiculously like awful case of the flu and I was sidelined for like a week and then I caught a different, you know, disease or virus, you know, or infection and I ran out exactly, of sick days. You can
1: still hop on Zoom calls and attend the meetings, right? <laughs> right,
0: right? Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean not, every, not every job has Zoom calls, but I think the real <laughs> issue with unlimited vacation is it completely leaves you at the mercy of your company culture and your manager, which are two mm-hmm. things that you don't really know when you're going into a job, right? You Definitely. could get a manager that encourages you to take every Friday off, right because you have unlimited vacation but you could also get a manager that like hems and haws every time you try to like sneak out early because you know you should really be well, more we'll dedicated to your company yeah and we'll both exist those. both exist at all big firms right so mm-hmm, it, it, mm-hmm. and that's the problem is it offers negligible you know protection to workers to ensure that their mental health can be taken care of
1: absolutely so let's talk about what all of this leads to right i think we touched upon it a little bit in my earlier response i think we're really not talking about the main side effect of taking less time off or less days off, and that is burnout, right? That's the one thing that, you know, unanimously all organizations, all health uh, organizations in the U.S. have told us time and again that, you know, burnout is something that was actually a taboo just a generation ago, right? And it's not talked about as much, and that's something that affects almost all of us, right, and leads to future mental illnesses, Um, that we can't really see, right? It's not like cancer or diabetes and so much research is not being poured into it, but it's just something that needs to be brought to the forefront of our attention.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, I guess before we really talk about burnout, we can define it really quick. Yeah, so the World Health Organization recently, I think post-pandemic redefined burnout as an occupational phenomenon Mm -hmm. um, that exists naturally across workplaces and it's pretty universal and it's characterized by sort of three concepts. The first one is emotional exhaustion. So this doesn't Mm -hmm. necessarily mean like you're physically tired, but you just feel like you don't have the energy to do things that you're used to. Mm -hmm. You feel like you can't take it anymore. You know, this might be like you get an email and you immediately like your heart drops because you don't know like, okay, how bad is it going to be? Maybe you dread going to work or you don't have the energy to talk to people anymore. Mm -hmm. The next concept is depersonalization. Mm-hmm. You know, like you might be more withdrawn from other people. It's harder to see, you know, the humanity in your colleagues and coworkers, and you start interacting in a very impersonal manner. Mm-hmm. Um, and then finally, it's the lack of personal accomplishment, right? Like you feel like you can't face the challenges of work anymore. You feel like you're not um, accomplishing your goals, or maybe you just feel like you're in a rut at work. And you don't feel like you're progressing or making the right steps that you need to make to, you know, sort of accomplish your tasks and your goals. And you don't necessarily feel as good about your output on a daily basis, right? So that's, yeah, those are all feelings I think clinically burnout is defined with. And it's a big part of that does come from overworking uh, and working long hours endlessly without frequent breaks or PTO in place. And it's definitely. definitely- it's something that's on the rise, I think, globally, but it's definitely on the rise in the U.S. In US and for I, think, sure. I think one biggest cause of that now, too, and, and we we can both attest to this, is with our abilities to work remote, you know, use collaboration tools. And now with this pandemic, all of us working from home, you kind of feel like you're always working, right? You're always at the office when your office there's is There's very also- little
1: separation between, right, your home and work environment, right? Because there's no more walk to the office or commute to the office. Mm-hmm. You are- Typically, you know, at any given point of time, ten square feet away from your office space, quote unquote. Oh
0: yeah, I mean, I live in um, a city. Right. I live in a city with awful traffic, and you know, maybe oh you used to get. I'm to sorry see- for you, by the way. First of all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, Atlanta's famous for this, right? But you know, there's no more. Oh, I gotta step out at four thirty to beat the traffic, or I gotta, you know, I want to come in late one day so I don't get stuck. You know, like there's no traffic excuse. There's no. There's no lunch breaks
1: anymore. That's a big one. And sometimes I feel like I need permission to go to the bathroom, which awfully sounds like elementary school. And that's not something I want to be doing as a working professional.
0: Oh, definitely. And and again, this goes back to the idea of if you have managers or bosses or teammates who aren't comfortable with people getting their work done remotely, like you might have to be extra careful to show your team that you're always working as well, right? Which gets back into our optics discussion of definitely all right like i have to maybe i don't have a meeting between the hours of three and five and i want to just take a two-hour break and go oh you were know, either...
1: showing is offline oh my god no no, no. that's got to hurt your performance right there buddy
0: Right, like it, it there's a perception thing right if you're not online at all times or you know during working hours when even when there might not be a reason to be right people still feel like they have to be online And then I think definitely with this pandemic too, like people canceled a lot of you know vacation days. It's harder to justify to go,
1: right? So we're at a point where we're countries won't even allow
0: Americans in, right? So that's fair. Uh, (laughs) Like you're not gonna take your fancy Europe trip anymore if you know Europe isn't allowing you to enter the continent. I but, mean, you could
1: try going back on the boat, but...
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, just tell them you're Canadian and see how right, that goes. Right, that works. Right? Um,
1: but we really want to point again to, you know, two of the other causes of burnout, right? So we at Please Fix Things also recognize that burnout does not really just come from working too long, right? Or working those long hours. It's also when you don't have a project to work on and you don't have enough work or you're really not finding, you know, meaning, right? Or fulfillment with your task or your job, and no real sense of accomplishment, right? So, you know, going back to the three pillars that you talked about, Sanchez, it's not just when we're working, for example, 11 hours a day, six days a week. It's also when, you know, it's between, you know, that in-between time from one project to another, there are layoffs left and right, you know, there's this mental stress, okay, is my job secure, right? Will I have a job? Like, how will I pay my bills? All of those pile up to cause some sort of a mental stress, which eventually leads into a burnout when you have that, you know, work piled up. And second is the idea of doing work on the weekend really stems from poor project planning. And it's nothing more than that, right? Like I refuse to believe anyone who says, oh, there's no way we can get this work done in a weekday. We have to push it into the weekend. I just feel like if you plan it a little bit, but I understand unforeseen circumstances, but there's always a way around that, right? There's always a way where you can prioritize your separation from family and home, uh, family and work, excuse me. And you just have to put that at the forefront of the discussion. I feel like everyone just resorts to, oh, you know, you're just home. You can hop on a Zoom call. So why not work this weekend for six hours? It's so easy. It really is it. Yeah. I mean, and...
0: And those are a couple of good points you brought up, right? I mean, with how many, you know, unemployment skyrocketing these past few months, the number of layoffs, right? Like feeling like you might lose your job and how difficult it might be to find another job is Mm -hmm. very stressful. And there's so much more stress nowadays, too, that's not work related. That still affects work and how you feel, right? Um, like you don't Ahem, have a set of em- go
1: vote, people. I'm just
0: <laughs> like, you don't have a set of emotions that you, yes, that, uh, you don't have a <laughs> set of emotions that you bring to the workplace and then a different set of emotions that you wear outside of work. Right. If you're right, stressed like your out kid's crying
1: in the background and we can hear it, that's what it is. Yeah, that's,
0: There's so much, you know, family related stress, job related stress, like extracurricular stress. Now, um, that's contributing to burnout. And I think we need to be cognizant of it. Mm-hmm. And the weekend, the weekend work thing too, um, I'd be interesting to see if weekend work's risen since the pandemic, but I definitely agree that like poor resourcing, poor, you know, planning and you know, kind of unrealistic expectations do lead to a lot of a lot of weekend work. And I think too many people now are just in this place where they feel like, okay, if I start complaining about working the weekend, um then, you know, I'm gonna look bad or I'm not gonna look like a real legitimate worker. Yeah. Um, which is really I'll funny pick. because Again. Of all things that have actually been codified in religion, weekend work is like actually sacred. Not taking the weekend off
1: anymore. Let's be honest here. Like
0: you're supposed to well, isn't keep holy the Sabbath one of the Ten Commandments? Like legitimately, you're supposed to rest a day and not work. But (laughs) well, so much for (laughs) output and an economy creation, right? So I don't want to use the, the words godless and capitalism in the same sentence here, but like legitimately. But you just yeah. did. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we have sort of just resigned to ourselves to the fact, I think, that we're always supposed to be working. And it does lead to this you know, society in America where we work significantly longer hours than other countries. Um, and we do have you know, very high rates of burnout and mental health issues as a result. All right, so let's let's
1: really talk about the fixing part, right? I, I feel like we have a lot of good ideas here, and a lot of things need a little bit more experimentation with. Um, so let's drive straight into some of the fixes that we have, you know, come across um, from our research.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so firstly, for the you know, from a pandemic recommendation standpoint, we need to normalize taking shorter, more frequent. PTO mm. as opposed to longer, right? Because if you don't have anywhere to go, if you're worried about COVID, you know you might not want to take a, a week or two week long vacation like you might've had planned, but it's more effective research shows to take like, a Friday off or create yourself a four day weekend regularly, because like, if you think about it, the first day you take PTO off, you're like, oh my goodness, I have a vacation day. I feel great. (laughs) But like by the third or fourth day, you know, that you take off, you're already checking checking your email. You're like, oh my God, when I get back to work, I'm so far behind. And you start feeling anxious about like cleaning your inbox and responding to things and trying to catch up so that you're not slammed the Monday you return from break. Which is
1: ironic because it's the same anxiety we're trying to get away from while being (laughs) on a PTO.
0: Exactly. So if you just take like every other Friday off, right? Or if you start taking like a Monday and a Friday or a Thursday and a Friday or a Monday and a Tuesday, right? Like Those shorter breaks actually relieve a lot more stress and can be very beneficial. So instead of taking five days off consecutively, you can give yourself like five three-day weekends, kind of.
1: Yeah. Um, The second one we have is we want to encourage our leaders, could be your direct boss, manager, right, anyone in that leadership position, to take PTO more often, right, and make it known. So in a recent public survey. We found that 40% of workers would feel more comfortable prioritizing personal commitments over work if they saw their direct managers doing the same. And, you know, seeing their leaders take more time off, even if it's just the occasional Friday would probably normalize it for all the employees. So we're really encouraging, uh, you know, all of you to probably push for it in your own respective teams or organizations.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, And I think the other part of this too, right, is we got to talk about people who still have to work during their days off, right? Like, if you as a manager can disconnect and actually truly say, hey, I'm not answering my emails for the next three days. I'm taking three days off. Oh, by the way, I would not when- have
1: hair fall problems. That would be
0: nice. Yeah, and then, you know, they turn around and say, oh, by the way, when are you taking your PTO, right? Like that creates, uh, I think, a more healthy environment. And I yeah. think, honestly, environments like that are the kinds of environments that you need if you're going to try to do this unlimited vacation, right? Like yeah. you have to have leadership and managers and companies say like, no, we're all taking the time off that we need to take the time off to fulfill our commitments.
1: All right. So let's talk about also sort of a side component of what we just talked about is like this public tracker, right? That's the idea that's been floating around in a lot of different teams uh, within a lot of organizations. So having a public tracker um, to track our PTO, right. And making it, you know, center of a discussion, maybe in your morning standups or your weekly check-ins, right. With your managers or someone, right. And what we're really saying here is we want to encourage our direct bosses or leaders to publicly display um, when they're taking time off, right? So everyone can just see how common and acceptable it is to take PTO, And also it helps them coordinate better. Right. And and with respect to their deadlines and and scoping and timelines and whatnot.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at your tracker and you see, hey, my boss took 10 days off in the last three months, right, it's going to help you take more days off coming up. And then you can also see, all right, like this is the best week to take off because all my coworkers will be here to cover me versus like this week I'm going to leave my team hanging if I take a day off here. So like Mm -hmm. it really does publicize and normalize, hey, PTO is an expectation and we're all in it together to give each other the space we need. It really does.
1: I also want to touch a little bit on the aspect of accomplishment and just like, you know, giving the employees recognition.
0: Oh, yeah. So, I mean, with a remote environment, what what we see is basically a a significant decrease in informal communication of all kinds. Right. right, like you don't have your water cooler talk. You're not informally just talking to your coworkers or your managers. And there's less of that like, oh, good job on this, you know, deliverable or this presentation or this meeting right. uh, feedback that you're used to getting in an in-person environment, right? Like you can't just look your boss in the face after a meeting and have them tell you how you did. Like now you have to go out of your way to recognize people. Right. And so visibility has never been lower, I think. So you have to be very Agreed. conscious.
1: So we've talked about recognition, we've talked about communication, and we've talked about, you know, encouraging different ways of incorporating PTO as as a topic of discussion and you know putting it to the forefront of every team. I think the last point we want to leave our audiences with, this is really the experimentation part that we would love for you to, you know, go out there and try to implement and let us know how it went. We really want you to experiment uh, on a PTO policy that is more on a team by team basis, right? So a team-based setting as opposed to a company-wide policy. So if you have the opportunity to, you know, talk to your manager and see if a different, you know, PTO policy for a team could be implemented, let us know. Let it, You know, we would love to hear your thoughts and and see how it went. We really think that it could work.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, every team within a company is such a unique situation, right? In terms of Mm -hmm. when they're busy or their work cycle. So maybe a different, more unique PTO situation could be better, right? Whether it's something as simple as, okay, we're going to, if you're like doing a classic accounting role and you have to do month end close every month and you can't take PTO at the end of the month, maybe you force or encourage people to take more days off in the middle of the month when it's less busy or something like that, right? Like Absolutely.
1: With that, we conclude our fifth episode of Please Fix Things, season one. Next week, we'll come back and talk about imposter syndrome.
0: Yeah, should be a great time.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Please Fix Things.
0: I'm Raj Parekh. And I'm Sanjay Wathawan. If you liked what you heard, we would really appreciate it if you could rate, subscribe, and tell your friends about us. Sauce us on your Facebook feed, send this to your boss, or post this episode on your LinkedIn page and tag some people just to see what happens. We don't really care, just spread this around. You should also check out our website, pleasefixthanks.com for all of our episodes and latest updates. If you want to tell us how we took the words right out of your mouth or
1: have suggestions for future podcasts, drop us a note at posts at pleasefixthanks.com. We hope to catch you next time. See ya.